Welcome to Untold Physio Stories, a podcast that informs and educates by connecting you to rehab industry leaders who share their candid successes and failures in business and practice. This episode of Untold Physio Stories is sponsored by Edge Mobility System. Edge Mobility System is your online site for everything a PT, OT, DC, MT, ATC, or Fitness Pro would need. Get certified in blood flow restriction therapy or training online. Check out our full modern manual therapy seminars, ISTM toolkit, edge suspension trainer, portable tables, and more. Untold Physio Stories listeners can save 10% by going to edgemobsys.com. That's E-D-G-E-M-O-B-S-Y-S.com slash untold to save 10% off their first purchase. Edge Health and Tech Solutions. We do websites that work for you and give you an edge over the competition. Did you know that you have less than 10 seconds to capture someone's interest in your website before they click away? How about the fact that most people are accessing your website from their phone? Save thousands and get a fully mobile, appealing, and SEO-optimized website linked to your social media, email list, and Google My Business. All for one low price and no monthly fees. Why not keep doing what you do best in your business and allow us to handle the tech side? Let's get started. Find us at edgehealthandtech.com. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. E, with Modern Manual Therapy, Edge Mobility System, and of course, Untold Physio Stories. My co-hosts are again doing their own thing. Uh, with me is recurring guest, Dr. Alex Kerbach. How's it going today, Alex? Uh, it's been going well. How are you? Good, good. How's the uh, burgeoning new business? Uh, it's coming along. I'm learning a lot of new things, so... Hopefully, uh, hopefully things start to settle down here a little bit instead of keep getting worse. So, I know in you're COVID, in uh, you're in Washington, right? Yep, King County, Seattle. So we've been seeing some surges, I guess, like elsewhere. I know it's hard to it's hard to believe. Um, it just keeps on going up and down and up and down. But at least at this point, as of uh, recording, July, early July, two thousand twenty, the everything. Infection rates are going up, but deaths seem to be still going down. So that's still good. But who knows with the media these days? So anyway, um, that kind of leads us into this story, right? Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Not exactly a smooth transition, but uh, what do you have for us today? Uh, I thought I would talk about uh, post-op infections and uh, my experience with them early on in my my career as a as a physical therapist. Uh, so, uh, with me, so with USC, uh, in our first year, we go into a six week summer clinical and, you know, we're fresh out of all of our intro, uh, ortho and anatomy and modality stuff, you know, which included, uh, wound care, assessing wounds and, uh, post-op surgeries. And so that was pretty fresh. So I'm on this clinical and it's in, Sultan, Washington, and for those who don't know, that is very rural. Uh, that was an interesting experience for me because I am a very suburban kid, and so coming into a very rural 
area was very new to me. And um, I was working with one of, not my primary CI this day, because I think her, her kid was out sick or something. And so I was with the other therapist who I didn't really know, uh, but we were evaluating a older woman, probably late 50s or early 60s. But like a lot of these people in I found in the rural area, older did not have good health, you know, doesn't exercise, overweight, you know, a lot of people have issues with diabetes, other, you know, chronic health problems. Um, and she was coming for a total, after a total knee uh, arthroplasty, and it was her first visit, you know, we were assessing and we looked and looking at the incision, wasn't fully healed. I think she had already had her first post-op follow-up. So the incisions or the, um, the staples and everything were taken out, but it wasn't closed very well. And it was kind of a yellowy fluid in it. And I was like, that kind of set off little bells in my, in my, in my mind, because that was one of the, the key things I remembered from our, from our courses about uh, infections is, you know, the any fluid discharge should be you know clear and and light you know if it's discolored you know that's some red flags and uh, I brought this up with my CI um, and she just kind of blew it off. She was like, uh, "I think it'll be fine. We're not going to worry about it." Um, and so we didn't really discuss it with the patient at all. And then a couple of days later, after the weekend. Uh, she gave us a call and goes, yeah, I'm in the hospital with an infection. And, and so, um, so that was kind of interesting, just, uh, experience for me to have where, yeah, I was like pretty sure of something. And then yet this experienced clinician with, I think she had probably at least 20 years of experience just kind of blew it off as if it was nothing. Uh, and so that's always really stuck in my mind. So ever since I always make sure with, any of my post-op patients that I'm checking the incisions uh, fairly regularly, always at eval until it's fully closed. Um, luckily, I've only had, I actually had one other infection uh, a few years ago. That was a post-op ACL, which was a little interesting because hers was a little later down the road. Um, things had healed up a little bit more, but she had a little bulge under the scar that looked a little yellowish. Um, and so always with those cases, I always strongly encourage the patients to reach out to their surgeon uh, as soon as they can, but I always tell them, but I also uh, I'll try to reach out as well uh, just to let them know kind of my particular findings, but I'm always uh, very adamant for the patients to, to reach out as well, just because I feel like, you know, you know, a doctor would be like, oh, the patient called, you know, I'll, I'll return the patient's call before they'll they might return my call or might get my message kind of thing. So try to hit it from, from both fronts there. Yeah, I think that's smart. And, uh, well, so, so what did, it, what did the CI end up saying? Ah, oh, boy. I don't know about that particular uh, incident. Um, just cause I didn't work with her very much. Um, and she it, wasn't your CI, right? Yeah. And she was only like a part-time therapist. Uh, so she wasn't there too often in the clinic, but I just overall, like we, I, I was glad that she wasn't my primary CI because we did not see eye to eye, uh, on a lot of things. 
uh, you know, she was yeah, very like VMO, like wanted me to like, after we eat out a uh, young girl with like kneecap pain was doing all this like patellar tracking assessment. And, and I'm like completely clueless on it because, you know, we're taught by Dr. Chris Powers and if anyone's heard of him, he's you know, very anti VMO. Like it's not a muscle, it's the quad, like it's all about the hip. And so when she was asking me, like, what do you know about the VMO? I just kind of go, nothing. Part of the quad. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's sad. I know. I remember thinking we were done with the VMO and somewhere in fellowship in 2007, one of my fellowship mentees was all about the VMO. And I just said, hey, you know what? Find me like two research articles that are within the last five years. And this is in 2007, you know, that says that. One, you can either isolate it or that it helps with knee knee pain or patellar femoral syndrome, mm-hmm. which is what I call knee pain. Um, yeah. And she couldn't find one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just recently, I even referred a patient uh, because I uh, they didn't want to do cash-based. So I referred him to my old um, coworker, one of my one of my best students ever. And he worked, he continued to work the clinic I used to work at. So he, he always typically gave them really good care, but even though I referred him there, she ended up with a student from a local, local school, Damon college. And, uh, she, this patient who's actually a family friend, she ends up texting me. He's like, yeah, you know, the student, she just gave me VMO exercises. And I was Uh-oh. like, I was livid. Like I reamed out this, my my coworker as much as you can on facebook messenger i mean and still like we have a really good relationship because he's basically what i consider one of my best students ever and i was like how did he end, you know how did it uh, she end up on a student schedule and how is this student you know in in 2018 at the time giving out vmo exercises like seriously like that that's what they're taught in school yeah you never know It could also be, if it wasn't her first clinical, it could have been, that's what she learned at previous clinicals. And so it just was following examples of, because I've seen that a lot in uh, myself, some of my early clinicals, and even some other uh, more recent students that I've known talking about how, oh yeah, they, you know, all, all of our shoulder patients just get this like booklet and here's the 10 exercises you do. I'm like, wait, what? Like there's no clinical reasoning, clinical decision-making, critical thinking at all in your exercise prescription? It's like, no, it's just here. And so I work all on my own. I'm like, this is like your first clinical. You shouldn't be like independent yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you are independent, something is probably wrong. Yeah. If you're completely independent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this story yeah. went lots of places, but uh, yeah. I'm glad it worked out for you. And yeah. um Hopefully we can return to the story you originally wanted to tell soon. So yeah. where can people find you, Alex? Uh, they can find me. Uh, I guess, real quick, I guess I wanted to do one quick follow-up, actually, if you don't mind. Uh, I guess for yeah, me, no we kind of touched on was kind of the, the this calling the doctor. And I think that's a really, that was something that I really started to learn in my, when I got out into the clinic on my own was that, you know, if you're getting patients from doctors is maintaining that, uh, relationship. And so I think I found doctors really appreciate it when you give them, you know, a phone call to say, Hey, I found, I have some concerns about your patients, your patient, you know, you know, I recommend a follow-up, you know, to get in contact with you if you agree. Um, and so that's why I always make sure I follow up as well, personally, even if I've told the patient to follow up, 
um, just to kind of help with that relationship with the doctor. Yeah, I think that's always a good idea. Many times there's a miscommunication. And I remember telling a patient once, oh, I think you, you know, after neuroscience and bowel and bladder issues, and we tried like several visits and I thought, hey, you know what, I think um, you need to see this particular spinal surgeon. And she's like, oh, well, I was referred to this spinal surgeon. What do you think of him? And, you know, at the time working in the same building where this guy worked, and he's actually known as one of the butchers of Western New York, like he has routinely done um, multiple levels of spinal fusion separately. Like I once saw a fusion, uh, a patient with complaints of neck pain and stiffness, and they had separate fusions from C2 to T4. All separate fusions, like five or six surgeries or something. Wow. So yeah, he's one of the worst butchers in the area. And they were like, I referred to this to this doctor. And what do you think? And I was like, well, you know, I wouldn't necessarily see that doctor. I would see this doctor, but that doctor's fine. You know, because at the time I was in residency and I didn't want to, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to upset anyone. And even though I, I, the patient asked me repeatedly and I basically just as, as tiptoed around it as much as I could. I didn't say anything bad about the other doctor, even though I absolutely would now like 100%. Yeah. Um, I just said, I would see this particular doctor, um, but his partner, that doctor is also good. And that patient went back and to her primary and said, Oh, my PT says that I would, that that doctor you referred me to who happened to be a friend of the primary uh, is no good. And he, and I should see this doctor. And then, so the primary ended up calling my boss and that boss like reamed me out. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't even say that. You know <laughs> the, what I mean? The, like, the so I think it always is. It's absolutely a good idea that you follow up as well. Because uh, even though you told the patient to follow up the doc, they, I think people really misunderstand how much patients here, even in general, like commun- there's always communication issues and people never really have a full understanding or they don't really even you know, can't remember exactly everything from a normal conversation, much less a medical conversation. So that, that is a good point. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, anyway, so back to what we were at, uh, they can find me, uh, on Facebook and Instagram at Kerbach physical therapy. And my website is Kerbach physical therapy.com by edge health and tech solutions. Thanks a lot, Alex. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you can find me, uh, Dr. E, at Modern Rehab Mastery. That's our new online mentoring program. It includes modern manual therapy, modern patient education, and modern strength training. It's three months with three mentors, so one month with each mentor, four weeks, tons of modules, lots of CEUs, learn at your own pace for a month, then move on. Um, so go beyond the seminar. You also get chat room um, with your mentees and mentors and live Q&As every week. Check out all my products, Edge Mobility System. We have the new Edge ISTM toolbox that includes the Edge Mobility Star and the OG Edge Mobility Tool, our Edge Restriction System BFR cuffs. That's part of Dr. Kyle Coffey's Modern Strike Training BFR certificate. Uh, I hope to see you at a live eclectic approach course soon. That's Modern Manual Therapy. Um, in U.S., Canada, and South America. And uh, make sure to rate Untold Physio Stories five stars on Apple Podcasts. You could also subscribe on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And as always, you guys have an awesome day.